don't worry too much, especially right off the bat when you don't have a big viewer base, don't worry too much about like niching down and stuff. Just do stuff that inspires you and, and makes you feel good and eventually you'll find you'll find your niche. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and I am not in the Polar Pro studio. I'm quarantined away in my personal studio. Today's guest is Dunna from the YouTube channel Dunna Did It, and he called in today all the way from Canada to be with us on this episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. If you're unfamiliar with Dunna, he's built a very large following of almost 100,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel where he reviews camera gear and makes it a little bit more interesting than just reading the specs. Dunna really focuses on making his videos as entertaining as possible. And with a music production background, he comes at things with a really interesting angle. Now, Dunna has two jobs, and we talk about that in the podcast, one being an educator, producer in the music industry, and then obviously the YouTube channel that is how I know him as, is a YouTuber. So in our conversation, we talk about how he juggles and balances these two completely different career paths, and we go into details about how he approaches YouTube as a YouTube creator. I think you guys are gonna really enjoy this episode. If you're not subscribed already, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet, I would like to ask if you would please go into the Apple Podcast app, give us a star rating that you feel is appropriate. Um, obviously five stars is what I would love for you to do, but you know, do whatever you want and leave a review and let us know your thoughts. If you have any suggestions or any comments that you have about the show, we would love to hear that in the review section on the Apple podcast app. By doing that, you're helping this show grow and we greatly appreciate it. All right. Without any further ado, let's listen in to my conversation with Donna. All right, we're here with Dunna from the channel Dunna Did It. What is up, my friend? How are you doing? What's happening? I'm doing all right, you know, as uh, as good as we can be in the current situation. I'm happy I get to work from home. Uh, tell me about your name, Dunna. What's what's up with that? <laughs> well, the, the the actual name, my my legal name is Justin McDonough. Uh-huh. And when I was in when I was in high school, and everybody uh, everybody for whatever reason called each other by their last names. I think it was like a sports thing. Yeah, you know, you call your favorite <laughs> your favorite sports people by their last name because that's what's on the jersey. So everyone was calling me McDonough, and then eventually somebody just dropped the Mick, and I became Dunnah. <laughs> and uh, I used it it's as catchy. like a, I'm a musician, so I used that as a as like a stage name for a long time and just I, I'd say it's probably about 50-50 whether like the people that know me call me Dunna or Justin but uh, <laughs> I've adopted it as kind of my 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 name for anything that I do that's more yeah. of a public type of thing what does your wife call you uh she calls me Dunny a lot. It's like it's, it's that's cute. It's, it's yeah. It's it's Dunna, but it's like different versions yeah. of it. You know, pet pet names and whatnot. Yeah, that's cute. She doesn't. I, I'm trying to think. I don't think she calls me Justin very often. That's funny. That's funny. That's awesome, though. I mean, yeah. uh, I can relate. You know, my my last name is not Mays. That's a stage name, and um, yeah. you know, it's fun to have these little nicknames because you can you can really make it your own, and uh, you know. It's not the game, name that you were given, um, so you can get real creative with it. That's cool. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think I kind of discovered you, believe it or not, on Twitter before anything else because okay. we're both tweet meisters. Yeah. Um, but you started your YouTube channel. Uh, I don't. I don't even know when you kind of started, but you started blowing up over these last like year or so. And like, I mean, can you just tell me your journey here on YouTube because? Um, you've just been blowing up. I mean, you're at 90,000, about to hit a hundred thousand, hopefully this year. I mean, you will absolutely in the next couple months. Um, tell me about your journey on YouTube. It's been pretty incredible to see you grow. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy ride. Nothing, nothing that I ever expected for sure. I think it's been three years since I picked up my first camera ever. Uh, and I was just like, 
All I wanted was to take some nice photos on a family vacation we were going on. And I had been at, at that same time, I had started to get into the the kind of YouTube community and stuff. I had found uh, the vlogger kind of community and Casey Neistat and those kinds of things. And I was also watching some other weird little niches and stuff. And, and I thought, you know what, well, I'm going to get this camera. I might as well get one that also shoots decent video and try my hand at that as well. So I shot a bunch of photos on this vacation. I shot a bunch of videos. I got a bunch of dust on my sensor because I didn't know that was something that you weren't supposed to do. And uh, nothing ever really came of that first trip, but that just kind of sparked something in me um, as a, as a creative outlet. And I started making, I started with vlogs. So three Mm -hmm. years ago, it was just, it was just me shaving or me going to Ikea or whatever, you know, and that was, that was really what I wanted to do. But then I kind of became obsessed with two things. First of all, YouTube and the, the game that is trying to, uh, trying to build a YouTube channel. Uh-huh. And like and like gain subscribers and 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 you know get get more exposure and that kind of thing. And the second yeah. thing was I got obsessed with cameras, and I found myself during my vlogs talking about my camera stuff all the time. And then eventually it started to just like veer into talking about cameras with a little <laughs> bit of vlogging instead of the other way around. Yeah. Um, and I tried a bunch of things. I tried some music stuff on there because that's that's my my full-time job. I'm a, I'm a music producer. I own a recording studio here in town. Very um, cool. Yeah, and so that's the 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 creative outlet became this this YouTube thing, and uh, basically when I started when I started talking about camera stuff, um, that was when things really started to take off. Obviously, that's a yeah. more searchable kind of thing. So I had a couple of Sigma reviews that started to blow up, and then a couple of tutorials that came out of nowhere. And one of your top viewed videos on your entire channel is the Sig. Sigma 16 millimeter F 1.4 review. It's yeah. got almost 500,000 views. And when I look at your channel and I go to sort by oldest, um, and then you go, you start scrolling down, I can literally see that switch. It was kind of around that time. And it was yeah. only one year ago that your channel seems to have like taken off. The first video in that kind of series was get more creative photos. Uh, Mira Masa. What if I got uh, something like that? And then you started doing camera stuff. So you can literally see the transition on your channel. And it's really cool because the numbers in terms of the views went from the video that you posted two years ago has 500 views. And then the one that you immediately switched to camera stuff has 5,000. And then the one after that has 50,000. Obviously, that's, you know, a cumulative over the last year now. But it's really amazing to see visually through your thumbnails and titles that literal switch that occurred and and you can see the numbers and how that was successful for you. What, what were some of the things that you learned when you made that transition? Did you just kind of go all in on, you know, dumping the the vlog stuff and you're just like, shoot, this is working. I'm just going to go all in. Or like, do you still have a passion for non-camera review, you know, videos and stuff? It's a, I mean, that's a funny thing because I, I do still love to make non-camera based stuff, but part of part of what I'm doing with the channel, like I said before, part of what I love about it is playing the YouTube game. Um, so yeah. every every time that I do decide to make a make a video, as much as as much as it's totally up to me, I can totally veto any idea that I don't want to do. I I I have another job, so. Uh, I get to, I don't, I'm not relying on this necessarily, so I can be really picky with it. But at the same time, I, I feel the dopamine hit of, you know, doing a video (laughs) that like gets a lot of views or, or a a really positive response. So there's kind of always that, um, that thought first. So switching into camera stuff was, it, it was a, a conscious choice. And at the same time, I think doing it at the at the level that I did it where I did really like stop vlogging. Um, that I think was just something that kind of happened naturally. Um, partially because Mm -hmm. I think vlogging is, is harder than people give it credit for like vlogging. Well, I should say vlogging for a lot of people that if, if you're willing to kind of sit through, uh, um, 
the the kind of basic vlogs then that's that's really cool if that's your thing but the the kind of vlogging that i really like are stuff that's like really well put together and and obviously you know we all know casey neistat and and as the the king of youtube vlogs and stuff and i think the reason that i like that style is just because it's it really is put together in such a way that it feels like an episode on TV. It's that kind of caliber of, of yeah. uh, thoughtfulness. And so I think when I started getting into the the reviews and the, the camera gear, first of all, I love talking about that stuff. But second of all, it, it really made me realize how much work needed to go into the vlogs that I wanted to make. And I just mm-hmm. honestly didn't have the the time and or energy to do both at the same time. So I slipped into this like, well, the, the reviews and stuff are working. And then every once in a while, when something that I deem interesting is happening, that's when I make a vlog at this point. But yeah. yeah. And would you say that like in a way, the vlog world when Casey was kind of as prime like his kind of come and gone like even Logan and Jake Paul aren't doing daily vlogs anymore you know like was that kind of a trend at the time three four years ago I yeah I think I think that it, it feels that way for me and I don't I don't always want to like necessarily like uh con- you know confirm that because there's this thing yeah there's this thing that happens when you're in the middle of something so when I was vlogging I just assumed that there's there's this thing that happens in the back of my mind where I assume that everybody knows what vlogs are, everybody watches vlogs, everybody like whatever you kind of mm-hmm. surround yourself with, you assume in some way or another that everybody else. I'm sure there's a name for it if uh, if I had time to research what that feeling is. It was <laughs> the same thing when I was in high school and I was like skateboarding every day. I was at the skate park after school and all I did was play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and go skateboarding. And <laughs> I just assumed that everybody was the same, that that was the most popular thing on earth and everybody knew all the names of the tricks and all the names of the big skateboarders because that was what my entire world was. And uh-huh. so and so with vlogging, I feel like I kind of felt the same way. Like for a while there, I was like super obsessed with watching all these vloggers and and doing my own vlogs. And like it really, it really ate up a lot of my uh mental capacity. So then when I started to kind of fall out of it. The first thing I I thought, like like the question that you're asking here is like, okay, I guess vlogging doesn't feel like it's popular anymore. Um, but I'm I am hesitant to to actually make that claim because I know that of myself that I feel I feel sure. like whatever I'm doing is it has to be the center of the the universe <laughs> kind of thing. Maybe that's a maybe that's a narcissistic kind of thing to think, but. Uh, you know, so I think that I think that it still exists and I think that it's evolving for sure. I'm seeing a lot more people that are incorporating vlogs in other material and I'm doing it too. Like when yeah. I can, I try and get outside and make it so that like a product review or uh, a tutorial or whatever kind of feels like a vlog. Uh Because there's like a personal aspect to it. Um, We all have this obsession with celebrities and uh, whatever they're doing in their lives outside of, let's say, filming that, you know, filming that blockbuster movie. We want to know what's going on in their lives. And I think that YouTube has kind of become the perfect melding of those two things. We want to know what Gerald Undone thinks about the products that are going on at, you know, NAB or whatever it happens to be. But we also want to see the behind the scenes of how he got there and like all that kind of stuff. And and he's a perfect example of somebody that does that really well when he does it. So Uh it's this kind of weird, like, you know, I think straight up vlogs are, are kind of losing their, their momentum a little bit and they're kind of melding into other different niches. If you want to say that. Yeah. I think we, you know, are seeing that, in our in the camera review niche like you said i mean um potato jet has been blowing up recently and i love his content and how he's blending vlogs with reviews and i know you do that as well i've been experimenting with that with kinotika um i think people are really starting to get a little bit more hungry for story uh with with youtube and so implementing a little bit more storytelling with a gear review can really you know 
I think, be a successful uh, strategy um, for people who, who want to do gear reviews, but also make them unique and, and actually have just a little bit more value to it than just the plain old, like, here's the thing, here's the specs, this is what it looks like, see you later. Like, yeah. have, having some sort of story element tied to it is is important. Are Are you aware of that or, like, trying to implement that with your stuff as well? I do. And I think it's a, it's a, a fine balance as well, because I mean, for every, every time I try and incorporate a little bit of personality into one of my reviews, I get, you know, five or 10 comments where people are like, Oh, just get to the point already. Like I just, I <laughs> yeah. came here to hear the specs and hear what, you know, I don't really care what you think about it. Just tell me about it. And, yeah. you know, and so, and so you, you try and balance that to some extent, like, my I think my thing with my reviews and stuff more so than like uh, making them like vlog heavy is just to like incorporate a little bit of humor here and there. Um, yeah. I'm I'm working on a video right now where uh, about um, it's like a Photoshop tutorial where you like put text behind an uh, an object in your image or whatever. So just masking out the uh, mm-hmm. text in an image. And, uh, there's one part where I'm waiting for it to open from Lightroom to Photoshop. And there was just like a little bit where I, I literally am just like, and I'm waiting. And I sang a little song and took a sip of coffee or whatever, just like leaving in little things like that, I think has a personal touch. And, uh, it's just about yeah. finding a balance of like how much of that you can get away with before it becomes more, yeah. personal than it is informational because i do think with with the type of content that i've been making lately anyway it really is meant to be more informational based than it is mm-hmm. personal but you, you want to connect with people at the same time so it's all it all it is all just a balance and it's something that i yeah i think about with with pretty much every video i write a script and then and then the personal stuff kind of happens afterwards well, can you, I mean, can you tell me your workflow? I'm, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned you write a script. Do you actually write every video out and do a teleprompter or? Um, I would say it's about half and half whether I use my teleprompter or not. Uh, okay. I have one of those like parrot iPhone yeah, teleprompters or whatever. Yeah, super handy. Really handy. It's hard to um, see it from a distance if you're using a zoomed in lens, but. <laughs> it is, yeah. I used to, I used to shoot all my stuff on a, a 30 millimeter on APS-C, so 45, and I'm standing so far away from it that it was a little, <laughs> a little tough to see, but, uh, but it's definitely handy. I usually use it on stuff where I know like it's going to be it's going to be wordy or there are a lot of like specs to remember and stuff like that that uh, I'm not going to want to I'm not going to want to have to try and ramble off without having a reference right in front of me that just kind of makes it sure uh, makes it easier but it also like I I generally get up on my Thursday morning which is my uh, is my YouTube day of my week and Uh I like figure out what I'm gonna do or sometimes I have some ideas of like you know two or three ideas that I might do that week I get up I write some kind of an outline decide whether it needs a script or not and then I I go from there um So it's okay. it's it mostly happens all kind of in in one day and I would say that most of the time it's it's more of an outline than a word for word script but sometimes I'll even throw the outline up on the teleprompter and sometimes I'll just do it off my phone. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, then, do you shoot everything yourself? Yeah, everything's everything's me all written Does shot. Does your wife edited. shoot with you at all or? No. No. She uh does yoga in the other room or, or <laughs> studies or does work or whatever. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. I didn't know if she was a photographer. I see some of on your Instagram, she's, she's in your photos and stuff. So I didn't know if maybe she took yeah. pictures at all, but um, no, we, uh, we tried to tried to connect over that to see if that would be something she would be into. <laughs> and it, uh, it hasn't happened yet. She's yeah. got, she's got a lot on her plate already. So totally. Um, I can yeah. uh, I can relate to that. My wife and I we worked together a couple times. I tried to teach her how to do it. She did enjoy it a lot, but um, that wasn't one of the things that we connected on. So it was yeah. just like okay, moving on from that. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been married now? Uh, we're coming up on. Well, I got to do math in my head now. Uh, we'll be nine years in August. Wow! Congratulations. That's very Thanks, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. 
I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's the it's the best part of my life, and it's it's definitely the uh, the most supportive and and uh, wonderful feeling to have someone that that cares mm-hmm. that much about you and and about what you do and like sees when you're passionate. Like, mm-hmm. no one has been even half as supportive as she has about me. Uh, mm. making videos to put on the internet you know like <laughs> the weirdest thing uh, and just was like yeah go for it like if this is what you want to do like you know especially like that that first that first dive into it where you're like hey i think i like these vloggers and i feel like i could do that i'm gonna go randomly spend six hundred dollars on a beginner camera <laughs> uh-huh. for basically no reason and just like try this <laughs> you know and yeah yeah so it's uh it's awesome to have someone there to have your back. So what do you play? What instruments do you play? I play almost everything. I mm-hmm. uh do I went to college too? for drums. So that's kind of usually what I what I call my my main instrument. Uh-huh. Um but uh but yeah, I do I I've, I've been playing guitar since I was 13 and I have my my two-year diploma in in drums and play bass and a little bit of piano and i sang and i rapped for a while there and it's amazing yeah do you have do you have any interest in doing a a parody collab with me on that then absolutely (laughs) yes anytime you just tell me what what song we're doing and how we're doing it yeah (laughs) so i mean you mentioned that you do own, or you you do you partly own a business or something, or a yeah, yeah, I'm part or? owner in a. It's a, a music school and a recording studio. So we've got uh, uh, it's called Resonate Music School and Studio. We've got uh, I think it's forty teachers um, wow. that teach for us. We've got a thousand or so active students. We just opened a second location in uh, Central Edmonton, and uh, and then kind of the. That one of the things that makes us unique as far as a music school goes. So, like you know, the music school side, you learn your uh, bass or guitar, or piano, voice lessons, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But the, one of the things that makes us unique is that we have a professional recording studio smack dab in the middle, nice. um, and all of our all of our students. So, if you're on our membership plan, every three months of being a student, you get an hour of free studio time. So you get to come in, hang out with uh, the staff in the studio, and record whatever it is that you're working on. So for, for a lot of people that looks like, you know, if it's like a, a kid taking voice lessons or whatever, they're going to come in and sing the, the most recent song from Frozen 2 or whatever it is over a backtrack <laughs> sure. and, and they get to hear themselves back and they get to experience that, that part of the, uh, of the experience of being a musician Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then for me, like I, I run the studio portion of it and I, uh, I don't do our student recordings anymore, um, because we've got somebody on staff to do that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm busy with, with clients doing everything from jazz to metal to pop to hip hop and R and B and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's cool to get to be, be creative all the time. And I work with some really yeah. awesome artists and last year, uh, one of the records that I, I co-wrote and produced and recorded and mixed and mastered uh, got nominated for a Juno for Children's Album of the Year. So that was kind of cool, crazy. Man. Yeah, what album yeah. Is it's, it? it's, it's sorry. What album? It it's called? called it's called Let's Go Bananas by Beppy. It's a, so it was nominated for Children's Album of the Year. It's one of well, actually one of our teachers at the at the school that uh, that I worked with, and we co-wrote and uh, and produced the whole album. And that's awesome, man. Yeah. So both the YouTube stuff and the music. I mean, they're both creative and they're both artistic, but. I mean, they're very, very different. I mean, you're talking about kids' music and and education and running a production studio or a recording studio, and then reviewing camera gear. Yeah. <laughs> like, does how do how does that work in your brain? How do you differentiate those two? And and do you like one more than the other, or is it like a happy balance that you have? It's it really is all about a balance, and that's. I mean, I get asked that question, and and people like to ask me why I don't first of all, make my own music for my videos. Um, and second of all, why I don't incorporate music into my videos. Like, why don't I do music production tutorials and that kind of stuff? And and really, it is, it is all about balance. Like, when I started the YouTube channel, it was... 
um, it's it is a creative outlet, and and the the thing about the the studio side of thing, as much as it's uh, it's a creative job, and and it's it is a lot of fun a lot of the time, and I work with some great artists and stuff like that. It is still at the, at the end of the day, it is still somebody walking into my business and putting down their money and telling me what they want me to do, you know, and so then I'm. I, a lot of it has to do with uh, has to do with just kind of like I don't necessarily get to make all of the creative decisions. I'm kind of following somebody's guideline or on a lot of projects where it's just like recording. I'm not really uh, necessarily doing a lot of the the creativity up front that's the like kind of the the fun part of the you know the writing or the the musical experience kind of thing a lot of the time i'm just setting up microphones and hit and record um so (laughs) when i picked up when i picked up uh youtube and videos and photos and stuff like that it really was a chance for me to guide my creativity uh however i wanted and still like i said because i've got the full-time job and i'm not relying necessarily on youtube uh on a month-to-month basis to pay the bills or anything um i still every week i get to pick whatever i want to do and even if i am trying to you know uh, think about what my audience wants or if i'm working with sponsors and and there are kind of some guidelines it's like generally like I can work with them to do the video that I want to do. So they kind of, the, the two kind of facets of my, my creativity between music and then, and then YouTube, if you want to just sum it up in that are, they kind of feel like my job and my creative outlet. Um, even though they're both creative (laughs) and I do, and I do get some of that at, at, uh, at work too, in the studio, it's, it's, like for example, Beppy, the the children's album is a perfect example where you know she comes in and she's like, okay, I've got this idea. We're gonna um, we're gonna do a song about making a stir fry, and it's like, and then she's <laughs> just like, okay, go. And I'm like, okay, we're making a metal song today, and I get to be like full creative, and and I I don't think there have That's been fun. any times where she's said no, this didn't go the way I wanted it to or anything like that. She's like just totally game to like let me have. Uh, a lot of creative control and stuff. So those those sessions are definitely the the more creative, uh, uh, creatively fulfilling ones. But but uh, it's nice to have something on the side where I get to I get to call all the shots, kind of thing too. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. And I think it's it is important as you're building your social media following and as you're starting from scratch to obviously have you know, some sort of income, uh, I think it would be unwise to quit your job and just go all in on, um, on YouTube as you're starting out. I mean, at this point though, you are at 90,000 subscribers. Are you considering making that transition, uh, in the future? Or if you don't want to talk about that here, uh, on the podcast, that's fine as well. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's always a funny question. Uh, cause I don't really have any plan to, to like make it into a, a full-time thing. Like I, I do at this point, like I am, I am making some income from YouTube and Amazon affiliates, obviously as someone who like, yeah. as that talks about gear a lot, like that's a, that's a huge part of it. And, and I do work with sponsors and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I love that side of it too. And it's, it's been really integral in, in, uh, my wife and I's life, like the building, building financial freedom and stuff. It's nice to have that second income, but it really sure. isn't like necessarily in any kind of a plan to go full-time YouTube or to ever stop sure. doing the other side of it. It's kind of just nice to have both, I think right now. Yeah, <laughs> For now, anyway, I mean, like we all, we all uh, change and stuff as we grow. And I mean, sure. I, I have a funny feeling like I would see myself shifting my channel before I changed my music career. But I mean, I who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, and again, that, that does give you a little bit more freedom as a YouTuber to, to be picky about the topics, to, uh, you know, not necessarily be grinding, you know, like if you were full time where, you, you know, dang it, I need to make three videos a week, you know, and yeah. Um, you're, you're able to kind of go at your pace and, and be comfortable. It looks like you post about once a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once a week so. for the past three years, I think I've only missed yeah. like 
three weeks or something, one of which was two weeks ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. This has been a crazy, uh, a crazy month to say the yeah. least. Yeah, everyone um, was everyone was posting on Twitter to to oh, now's your time. Like everyone's stuck at home. Like make more videos, and I was just like, everyone take a break. I'm taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you've worked with us a couple of times. You've done um, a handful of videos on the Polar Pro uh, products. You got um, it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Peter McKinnon variable neutral density filter is uh, one of our top sellers, and one of the coolest products. Can you talk about um, some of the Polar Pro Polar Pro uh, collabs that you've done with us? Yeah, so I think there were two. There were two like uh, uh, actual like setup collabs that I did. One was the the Pumvund, and I'm pretty sure I coined the Pumvund uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in my video, and then everybody else started calling it that too. But yeah, the That's funny. the Peter McKinnon filters, um, and they're great. So we. Uh, teamed up for those right when they came out. I think I was one of the one of the few creators who got them before um, release, which was really awesome. And I did. I tried to. I knew that there were a bunch of other people that were going to be making reviews on them, so I tried to make more of a tutorial um, that just happened to feature uh, yeah. the filters. And so I talked about the filters a little bit, but it was more of a, a video about like what are neutral density filters and why you might want to use them and why you might want to use variable ones instead of the, um, instead of solid ones and that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, that, that video was, was a lot of fun to do. Um, and then I think the other one that I did with polar pro was for the, uh, Osmo action filters mm. as well. Um, the magnetic ones, which are, are really cool. And, uh, yeah. um, the why Osmo action the itself filters. was, sorry. It's yeah. The title of that one is why you need indie filters for your DJI Osmo action. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was, I mean, a similar, um, similar concept in that, you know, it was more of a, again, a tutorial kind of base thing or a, an informational thing where, you know, I talked about why you might want something like that. Um, and then specifically this time, just about action cameras, um, mm. And the the Osmo Action I think had just come out like they were really quick on getting those those filters out um, yeah. when the when the Osmo Action came out so yeah that one was a lot of fun I, I rolled around I had just gotten my one wheel at that point so of course I'm like <laughs> nice. the I'm like the cliche YouTuber rolling around on the one wheel and I used that <laughs> as like the uh, motion blur. Uh, example and when I was cranking the shutter speed and all that kind of stuff, you could see the motion blur as I'm whizzing by on the on the uh, one wheel and stuff. But uh-huh. yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And I have sitting here somewhere uh, in my I just moved into a new apartment, so somewhere in here I have the um, the new uh, oh, I don't even know what the the base camp that's what it's called. Uh huh. Um, that I still have to figure out how to make a video on and then the world exploded. So, uh, I'm still, still yet to work on that one and, uh, and figure out, uh, what, what that looks like for me. Cause that's like a piece of gear that I probably wouldn't necessarily normally think of having for my, like, you know, for what I do in my little home studio and I set up a, set up a camera and film myself for the most part. Um, so I'm interested yeah. to see what what I can make of that and uh, and the, how the the variable neutral density works in there compared to um, the Peter McKinnon ones and that kind of stuff. So stoked to try that out. Going to take a quick break to talk about today's product from Polar Pro that I'd like to highlight: the variable neutral density filter for the Mavic 2. See what I did there? You were expecting something else. The VND system that we have, the Peter McKinnon VND, which we've talked about a little bit with Donna, is an incredible filter and it's very popular. A lot of photographers and filmmakers are using that filter on a daily basis. And we felt like it wasn't something that should be limited to just lenses on professional cameras. You should have the ability to have a variable neutral density filter on your drone as well, because even though you're not hand holding your drone and changing and shifting the indie strength as you're flying, obviously, you can adjust it on the fly as you're going from one location to the next. 
So that's what we've done. We've created a variable neutral density filter, which is available in a two to five or a six to nine stop version for the Mavic 2 Pro, which that drone camera is so incredible. It's a one inch sensor on that thing. It's a Hasselblad camera. It's got 4K 10 bit. It's, it's insane. That camera is nuts for a small compact drone. And you wanna have proper cinema grade filters on your drone. So you should really check out the variable neutral density filter for the Mavic 2 system. It's so convenient having just one filter on the drone and being able to change your filter strength just by rotating the filter slightly to the left or to the right. All the same professional grade cinema series glass with this filter and using an ND is the only way to get the proper shutter speed that you need during daylight hours using a drone. So check out the variable neutral density filter for the Mavic 2 at our website polarpro.com. Alright, let's get back now to my conversation with Donna. So I get this question a lot and I'd love to get your response to it. Um, if you're somebody starting out and uh, you know they're similar to you, they, they have an interest in camera stuff and filmmaking and photography, uh, and maybe they want to get started on Instagram and YouTube, what, what are some of the kind of things that you'd recommend at the beginning of, of that journey for those types of people? I think that, I mean, for anyone who's, who's got an interest in, uh, like you said, kind of either YouTube or Instagram, kind of those, those visual mediums is to, I mean, first of all, just go shoot. And that's, that's kind of what I tell everybody at first is like, just go start shooting. Everyone gets, yeah. gets wrapped up in what camera they should have and that kind of thing. I mean, if you don't have a camera and you want to get a camera, then like, obviously do your research and, and try to make the best choice that you can, but it's going to change in a year. You're going to want something new or something different. And if you can afford it, great. And if you can't, then just keep shooting. Um, mm -hmm. but the, I think the thing that a lot of people make the mistake of is they feel like they need to post right away. Um, mm -hmm. whether that be YouTube or Instagram or whatever, like it's, it does feel good to share and it feels good to get the, the likes and you get the dopamine hit when you get a nice comment and all that kind of stuff. But there, there is a, uh, a, a thing that people should be doing. That's like practicing before they start posting. I feel like a lot of people want to like, they want to make a video and they want to post it right away. Like there's there's some kind of pressure that we need to all be posting but if you think about anything else that we do in our lives we usually practice it first before we have let's say let's say take music for example we're going to practice our instrument over and over and over again you know however many minutes a day we're going to go to lessons for a while and then eventually once we feel like we're at a certain level then we're going to have some kind of a performance and maybe that means we're going to record a song or maybe that means we're going to uh, you know have a concert or we're going to open up for another band or whatever it happens to be but there's that that period first where you have to learn how to play your instrument and there's mm -hmm. this disconnect in the the visual world where I feel like people want to get a camera and they want to post their their stuff the next day. And it's like, if you take some time, build those things, make a video, take the photos, that kind of stuff, learn how to edit, that kind of thing. But just like store them on a hard drive somewhere so you can look back at them and you can learn from them and that kind of stuff. And then once you feel like you hit a certain kind of level of, uh, you know, being ready to actually put it out there in the world that's the point when you want to start to post yeah. um so i i mean take your time is really i guess the the moral of that story is like a lot of people seem like they're in a hurry um to get subscribers or or followers or whatever it happens to be and i think that that's uh that's kind of a dangerous situation to put yourself in especially right off the bat like later on you can start to play the youtube game like i did um mm -hmm. but at first like you just have to love it and you have to do it because you like doing it and because you enjoy the process of creating and so i think that comes with the practice that you put in before you ever post anything that's really great advice. And, um, I think people can get mixed up in the kind of Gary V mentality, which is document over create. And there mm -hmm. is some value in that for sure. And I think having some sort of, uh, uh, momentum going, you know, if you're starting from scratch, 
is good to have. But like you said, I, I think if you don't have a target, you're going to hit nothing every time. And it's important to f- yeah. kind of experiment and figure out as a creative what that target is that you want to hit, you know. And um, the Gary Vee document over create applies to most people. But I think inside of the creative space as a creative you, d- you do want to create. You're not, you're not documenting over creating. The whole point is to create art. So, um, yeah, it's a balance between those two things. When I think t- totally. And I think that, I mean, Gary V's a, a funny example. Cause I feel like he gets misunderstood yeah. a lot. Like his, his, his hustle culture and that kind of stuff like that he, he is a proponent of is not necessarily what people always make it out to be. And same thing with the document to create. Like, I actually really like that saying, but I think a lot of it has to do with what you're capturing, not necessarily what you're putting out. Um, And this goes back to, again, to the practicing is like, I mean, document over create makes sense if you already know how to take all of that documentation and create something meaningful out of it. So with him, like he's got a team of people around him that just like film all the time. They document everything. So they're documenting over creating. But then they're also they also have uh, the experience and the, the, the practice to be able to take what they documented and create something meaningful out of it. So it's it's kind of a, a marriage of the two. But if you don't start with documenting everything, then you don't have the material to work yeah. with. And so I think it's it's less about about the, the the problem with when people you know think about that saying is they think oh I need to document and post everything that I documented. <laughs> I think the idea is that you need to document and build your skills so that you can take whatever it is that you documented and create something again something meaningful out of that. Um, because if you don't have those skills, then whatever you documented is just going to look, you know like nothing exactly. really and again like like i said going back to that uh taking your time and maybe like record everything like i th- and i think that's where vlogging is really cool it's like you just record everything like storage is not that expensive anymore yeah. so record it all and then go back through it and practice making something out of yeah. nothing <laughs> you know practice making a, an amazing story out of your boring day that's really kind of the cool thing about vlogging yeah absolutely that's a great great suggestion anything like a vlog or um if you want to do something and get paid you know shooting weddings is a great way to get some experience because it's the same every single time and you're you're just shooting it over and over i talk about that a lot because that's how i started um finding a, mm-hmm. a freelance job that you know, allows you to get out there and shoot and actually get paid for your time. Even if it's a a lower level position, just get out there and start shooting, you know, start making stuff. Um, So you mentioned you, you kind of picked up a camera only three years ago. Is that, I mean, what, what's the deal with that? You, you didn't grow up wanting to be a photographer or filmmaker. (laughs) It was just something that you kind of fell into a couple years ago or tell me that story. Yeah, no, it was just, uh, like I said, uh, yeah, like I guess three, three and a half maybe years ago. Um, I had, I had just kind of started to find the YouTube vlogging universe. Um, and then this one channel I was, this is, this is, I like to tell this story cause it's weird and odd. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a, there's this one channel called, um, Sinatra Lennon and it's about shaving <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's it's this guy. I think he's a voiceover artist or or something along those lines. I think he lives in LA and uh and he has this YouTube channel and it's all about shaving using uh uh double-sided safety razor. Um okay. and I was just I was in this position where I was like, "Hey, like I don't want to use the, you know, disposable razors anymore. Like is there another more eco-friendly option?" And I found out about these safety razors and you just buy the blades and yeah. whatever. And so I was doing a bunch of research and I came across this channel of this guy who just like he basically shaves and talks while he's shaving and he kind of just babbles about nothing. And, uh, and (laughs) I just thought it was the weirdest and most fascinating thing. Sometimes he talked about like the, the products that he was using, but it wasn't really necessarily like a review channel. It was just kind of like his morning routine. And there was like, it would be like a 10, 15 minute video of him shaving and chatting at you. And then it would be done. And something about that sparked 
sparked this this thing in my head that made me think I could make videos on YouTube too. Because at the same time as that, I was watching Casey Neistat and and seeing all these vlogs, but I don't think I was necessarily thinking I could do that too until I started watching this Lennon Sinatra guy shave. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, uh, that was, that was the point when we were, we were just gearing up to go to Mexico. My, my folks have a place down there. Um, and so we were going down for a Christmas vacation and I was like, Oh, it'd be cool to be able to take some videos, uh, maybe do some kind of a vlog. But mostly I was like, I'd like to take, uh, better photos. I had just started actually using the like editing part of Instagram. So everything I was snapping Mm -hmm. on my phone, I was actually editing and nothing went up without being, you know, tweaked a little bit. And so I think I was starting to think about, well, if I had a real camera, I would have the ability to like take the raw photos and do more with this and, and really up my Instagram game for, I don't remember why I wanted to do that, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) so yeah, I picked up uh, a Sony a 5100, um, was my, my first (laughs) camera and I took it to Mexico and like I said earlier, I got a bunch of dust in the sensor because I didn't know, I had no idea that like you weren't supposed to just like take the lens off and like leave it off. I had bought, I think the old Sigma 30 millimeter F 2.8 as well. So I was switching mm-hmm. between the kit lens and that lens and like just paying no attention to anything that was getting into the sensor and stuff. And uh, I got, when I got back from Mexico, I was like, there's something wrong. There are so many spots in all of my pictures. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that there was like stuff on the (laughs) sensor or whatever. And I took the camera back to Best Buy. And I said, hey, something's wrong with this camera. Like, can I return it and get another one? And they were like, well, we don't have a a 5100 anymore. This is like, it had to have been within 14 days or whatever. I bought it just before the trip and the trip was about Uh a week. So I went back and I was like, okay, can I get a a new one? And they were like, well, we don't have any of those, but there's this other one. And it was the A6000. So basically Uh I had the 5100 for a week and then i got the 6000 and then i learned about sensor dust and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and uh and yeah so that was and that was kind of when i started uh my one of the first videos that i posted with the a6000 was like a a time lapse essentially of me shaving uh and if you dig if you dig on my channel it's still on there i haven't taken it down (laughs) yet so (laughs) So that was inspired by the Sinatra guy. That yeah, Sinatra Lennon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how to shave three years ago. Uh, safety razor quick walkthrough. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, and um, like I mounted it against the mirror in, uh, we were currently in the middle of moving, I think, and we were staying at my wife's mm-hmm. grandparents' place and I like mounted it mm-hmm. against the mirror and like, yeah, that's funny. It doesn't look bad, man. I mean, those the the lighting in that bathroom is not terrible. <laughs> no, no, it, <laughs> I had a I had a knack for it. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, onto kind of a more personal question, I I know that you had a a pretty big weight loss journey in your life, mm-hmm. and and I think you've talked about that on your channel. You have a video titled "How I Lost Eighty Pounds and Got Healthy." Um, you mentioned your wife does yoga and stuff. I mean, it seems to be, it seems like you guys have a healthy lifestyle. Can you talk about that journey for you and your weight loss and, and overall health? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess I was probably two years ago or so that I did that video and it was, uh, my wife and I around the, around the time of our, our anniversary one year, uh, kind of had a, had a conversation about, about our health and we, we both weren't very stoked about where our health was and, excuse me, decided to make a, a change together and, and really hopped into the whole thing as, as a couple. And we got, uh, I found like some, some kind of a coupon for online personal trainers where they just like check in with you once a week. And so we got this ridiculous deal on online personal trainers and they give you a, a workout plan and a, and a, kind of a diet that you can follow and after about Mm -hmm. a month of of sticking with it that company went under and we just like lost i think we had like six months of training we were supposed to have and we only got about a month out of it and the company just like disappeared off the face of the earth uh (laughs) and so we but we just kind of continued with what they had already gave us and 
the the real key to it was was the fact that we were doing it together i think um and uh and you know really just like connecting and every day that we would you know go to the gym or or whatever it would happen to be we come I, I would come home Megan was doing uh at home workouts and stuff so I would come home from the gym and talk about what I did and like I was so excited about the fact that I was like lifting more weights and she was so excited about the fact that you know what used to be a, a 45 minute workout that she could only get through 30 minutes of it like now she was doing the whole thing and so there was this kind of excitement around it and and just like started to build up good habits and and both of us lost a, a pile of weight and and started to feel way healthier and 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 it's incredible the amount of things that it that it affects too like i used to i used to have uh constantly like a stuffed up nose and i would i would regularly get tonsil infections and that kind of stuff and uh that slowed to basically a stop like it that kind of stuff only wow. happens when i'm actually sick now not just like a monthly thing so um wow but yeah and and now i mean my wife now i I don't even remember if she was into yoga at that point or if that was i'm trying to think timelines here but anyway now she's she manages two yoga studios and is a yoga teacher she did her her teacher training and is like really immersed in the, the edmonton yoga scene um and uh and is still keeping super fit she does better with it now than than i do because i sunk my life into into youtube uh more so after that point but uh Mm -hmm. but yeah still trying to keep keep as healthy as possible and and keep working out and that kind of stuff cool so moving forward with your channel and uh just overall career i mean again we, we talked about how you don't necessarily have any plans to to quit one of those two jobs and go all in on one or the other but i mean do you have goals uh for your channel moving forward you know for this year and uh just in general do you have any any plans for the channel that you can share with us i i mean i would love to ramp up to be able to do more content i did for a while mm-hmm. there go to uh instead of just excuse me uh, a single video every week i went to uh, every other week i would do two videos but i actually had to scale that back down because it was just uh, it was just too much with everything that was going on so sure. i do i do at some point want to ramp up and be able to do more videos um, and part of that is already underway. We just, like I said, moved into a new apartment. Uh, and part of moving into the new apartment was uh, we went from a one bedroom into a two bedroom. And the second bedroom that I'm currently in right now is my new office YouTube studio kind of thing where I can like leave my lighting set up. And, you know, if, if I'm working on something, uh, you know, later into the night, I can leave it all set up so that I can come back to it the next morning or whatever. And yeah. that should... That that should cut down on the the time between you know setup and tear down and stuff, which ends up being such a stupid amount of time, <laughs> especially with me because I'm anal about my my setup and stuff. So when I when I was in the last place and I was in the in the corner by the kitchen basically, and every time I wanted <laughs> to shoot a video, I had to do the whole setup with the sound blankets yeah. on the backdrop uh stands and like i'm setting up like the full 300d with the light dome and the (laughs) overhead boom mic and all that kind of stuff like it was it was probably a 45 to an hour 15 setup to get my whole uh situation there so then i mean you you imagine that down too and the teardown too, yeah, and like making sure that uh, the place isn't a complete disaster for, for my wife and stuff because I was taking up half the half the space of the apartment. So I think having having my own space here is kind of the first step in seeing if I can, if it makes sense to either ramp up production uh, in in a quantity kind of way, or if maybe it just means that I can improve the quality because. Uh, the more time I can put into the quality of shots and I can redo the little things that I might have left before because everything was already torn down or, you know, those kinds of little things. So it's, uh, I haven't quite put my finger on exactly what it's going to be yet, but I know that having this space is, uh, is going to help with, uh, with my process. Yeah, I think uh, I, I have a space, I have a, a dedicated room for my studio and where I'm doing this interview right now, I'm in it and my wife and kids are, are somewhere else, uh, you know, and it's 
I've always had actually a room ever since I really started doing YouTube and I rec even the first studio that I had was an office that I was renting. It was only $300 a month and it was a tiny little hole in the wall at like a little, you know, corporate office space. And it was a very, very small space, but just having a, a literal phys you know, physical place to go leave your, your equipment set up for the most part. Um, obviously you don't want to leave all your gear out and, if it's a, a place that's not attached to your home, yeah, um, I rec I would recommend taking your gear, your expensive gear with you home. Of course, but um, just having that man, that separation of your your life and then your work, and even if it is inside of your home, it's an extra bedroom. It's so great to just turn on the lights, have the tripod already set up, everything's just ready to go. You just turn the camera on and go. You know, it's so much easier. And even though it's only an hour or whatever, it's an hour more that you can put towards. Um, working on the video and totally. just kind of gives you a lot of clarity. So um, yeah. I'm sure you're enjoying that. Oh uh, man, yeah. I mean, I have, we we literally moved in last week, so I haven't even really got to uh, got to use it yet. I've been mostly editing. I uh, I batched a couple of uh, couple mm -hmm. of videos before we moved out of the old place because I wasn't sure how long it was going to take me to get set okay. up. So I've been mostly just editing. I I got my uh, got my lighting set up last night and. Uh -huh. was testing some things out so we'll see That's awesome. we'll see if it okay uh, so so as of the recording of this podcast you haven't posted any videos in the new studio yet no nothing in the new studio and next week the the video that i'll be posting next monday is still one from the old space too so to give myself just to give myself a little bit of a buffer uh we were also supposed to be in mexico uh, starting next week or something like that. That's not happening anymore. But, uh, uh, so I was, I was trying to get ready for, for a move and for a vacation. So I had a, a couple recorded from the last space. So, yeah, so it'll be exciting to see, uh, to see what happens in the new space and yeah, I gotta make awesome. all those decisions about lighting and sound and all that kind of stuff again, which is, is part of the process that I, I quite enjoy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we're coming up to uh, an hour here, and uh, I think to to close the podcast out, I'd love for you to just share uh, anything that you you think somebody who who's starting out, who's inspired by you, what's something that that something encouraging that you could tell them, um, you know, from your perspective as as a musician and a YouTuber, uh, you know, what what do you have to say to somebody starting out who is inspired by you? Yeah, I think I mean the the key to everything that I've done is it's all stuff that I like. And that includes the, the YouTube analytics and, and trying to figure out how to grow a channel and that kind of thing. So I think it's, it's really imperative that whatever it is that you're building towards, whatever it is that you think you have uh, an interest in, it's that, you know, that you explore that and that you find out the parts that you really like about it and recognize the parts that maybe you don't like about it. And sometimes, sometimes it's okay to live with those things. Like sometimes they, they come part and parcel, like people that like to make videos, but don't like to do the YouTube algorithm -y side of stuff. Like you can hire someone eventually, but maybe at first you have to do that yourself, but really kind of sure. defining those areas of like what you like and what you don't like, I think can make a huge difference when you're starting out in, in almost anything. Um, because it just gives you, it gives you direction and, and, at least allows you to understand where you're coming from when you're having good days and where you're coming from when you're having bad days. Um, so just like just being, being kind of analytical about what you like and, and, and experimenting too. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like if you start digging on my channel, you'll find out that I did everything. Like I did cover songs and I did <laughs> uh, a, a video about my Christmas music playlist. And like, there's, there's all sorts of stuff on there. And that was really the key to me getting to where I am now is I just like, I did whatever I wanted and I played around with it. And I just like highly suggest that you don't, don't worry too much, especially right off the bat when you don't have a big viewer base, don't worry too much about like, niching down and stuff just do stuff that inspires you and and makes you feel good and eventually you'll find you'll find your niche that's perfect great way to end it man thanks dunna for uh for being on the podcast today and uh if you guys are interested in checking out dunna's youtube channel it's just dunna did it d-u-n-n-a 
did it. Um, he's also that same handle on uh, Twitter and Instagram, I believe, right? You got it pretty much everywhere. Awesome. Well, thanks, Donna, for being on the show. And uh, we'll definitely continue to be uh, sending you filters. And uh, we look forward to seeing your reviews on the Polar Pro products in the future. And uh, stay safe out there. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Heck yeah. See ya. See ya. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Donna from the YouTube channel, Donna Did It. I'd like to encourage you guys to go check out his channel if you're not a subscriber already. Just search Donna Did It on YouTube and you'll see his content. We at Polar Pro want you guys to know that we are dedicated to putting amazing content out for you each week. So make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hour Podcast if you haven't already. And know that even during this crazy time, we will be continuing this show putting out new episodes every single Tuesday morning. So subscribe, leave a review if you haven't already. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we will see you next week.